Coming up on Transformers University, we took a look at the 1987 Autobots, and today we are taking a look at the other side of that catalog, the purple side, with the 1987 Decepticon lineup. Right now on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Toy Archive, this podcast, TFU News and Views podcast, and oh so much more. And as we continue our look into 1987, a few episodes ago we did the 1987 Autobots. Today we are talking 1987 Decepticons. And as I mentioned earlier, the lineup and the design and the look of the toy line does change fairly drastically going into 1987. Uh, we get featured new gimmicks. We get the introduction of the Nebulons uh, and Nebulons, uh, depending on how you want to say it, from the planet Nebulos or Nebulon, depending on uh, what frame of reference you're using. But uh, 1987 was an interesting year for the line. Overall, this is where, like I said before, uh, people start to jump ship. People start to move on. Uh, it becomes too futuristic for some folks. Uh, for me, I really liked uh, the futuristic angle, the the space travel angle, the return to Cybertron angle. Uh, all that stuff really worked for me. So the 1987 line for me is one of my favorite Transformers toy lines. And 87 on the Decepticon side uh, was not without its carryovers from 1986. So, coming along for the ride for another year were uh, Galvatron and Gnaw, the Sharkticon, as well as Trypticon. Additionally, uh, the Decepticons had a lot of combiners in 1987, uh, three of which carried over from the previous year. So the Combaticons, uh, Onslaught, Vortex, Blastoff, Swindle, and Brawl, uh, who formed Bruticus, were carried over, as well were the Stunticons, uh, Motormaster, Dead End, Breakdown, Wild Rider, and Dragstrip. The Predacons, uh, who formed Predaking, Dive Bomb, Razor Claw, Headstrong, Tantrum, and Rampage were all carried over as well. And lastly, uh, two Decepticon cassettes were carried over from the previous year, Ratbat and Frenzy, the blue one, making Frenzy the last toy remaining from the original 1984 series of molds. Uh, this is actually the first year where Starscream was not offered as a mainline uh, retail offering, nor was Bumblebee on the Autobot side, who were both carried over into 86, uh, no longer available in 1987. Now, what was new in 1987? You'll find out right after this. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. 
Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. The first thing we want to talk about in 1987, since we were just talking about combiners and they did appear in the TV show, the Terracons were finally offered as part of the 1987 toy line. Now, the Terracons consist of Hunger with uh, three R's, H-U-N hyphen G-U-R-R-R. It's quite the interesting spelling. Also, Ripper Snapper, Sinner Twin, Cutthroat, and Blot. You know, it's interesting here, something I noticed with the naming, and this actually carries on through 87, uh, particularly on the Decepticon side, and well into 1988 and 1989, and that is names with double consonants in them. Uh, It's just, I, I don't know if it's just my eye seeing it, or if there's just a lot more of them. But you have Ripper Snapper, which has two sets of double consonants, right? Uh, Sinner Twin, which has a pair of N's in the middle. Cutthroat, which has a pair of T's in the middle. And we'll actually see more of this uh, as I go through the rest of this line. And, of course, there's Blot, who is what fans affectionately call a nose monster. Uh, He turns into this weird creature that uh, only up until recently was confirmed as being an ogre. um, Because he does just look like a big blue nose. Uh, in his alternate mode. And since we're doing a toy episode on a year's line, let's take a listen to how the Terracons and Abominus, their combined form, were sold to the masses. Magnus, look! I've never seen Decepticons as vicious as those monstrous Terracons. Lucky we have the Technobots! Yeah, but those high-tech heroes are in for one horrific battle. Monstrous Terracon Beast comes the incredible Abominus to battle the fearless and futuristic Computron. The Transformers! (laughs) The Transformers, sold separately from Hasbro. Now you may have heard that commercial in our Autobot episode, but I do love that they've brought some of the voice cast back to do these commercials. Uh, And, uh, of course, uh, Vic Caroli doing the narration. Also available... In 1987, two new Decepticon cassettes, both of which appeared in the cartoon uh, for very brief moments in time. And that would be uh, Overkill, the T-Rex, also two L's in that word, and Slugfest, the Stegosaurus. Uh, It's interesting that these were made available since Soundwave wasn't part of the 1987 offerings, nor was Blaster on the Autobot side. So you really had nowhere to put (laughs) these cassettes other than they just turned into cassettes. Also available in 1987, the Decepticon clone. Now discover the clones. Decepticon clones look identical, but one transforms into a puma, the other into a hawk. And actually, that's the back half of the commercial for uh, Punch, Counterpunch. So uh, Punch was offered as an Autobot, but he did turn into a Decepticon. 
uh, that commercial, uh, I love Vic Caroli's uh, delivery of one transforms into a puma. Puma? Have I been saying it wrong? Is it me? Uh, you know, also, I mentioned it in the Autobot episode. I'll mention it again. Uh, the, the clones were identical uh, robot mode transformers with uh, slightly different vehicle modes. If you looked at them from the back, uh, you could tell which one was which. Uh, but they also ha- had a unique rub symbol on each one so that you can identify who was the hawk and who was the puma while they were in robot mode, in addition to their normal Decepticon rub signs. That takes us to the other uh, of the smaller offerings for 1987 on the Decepticon side, and this was exclusive to the Decepticon side, and that is the Duocons. Galvatron, our jet's going to crash into a tank! No, it's not! They're going to transform into one robot! Introducing Duocons, Decepticon 2-in-1s. They think they're twice as tough as any Autobot, and maybe they are. Galvatron, look out! That chocolate's going to end up in my peanut butter! (laughs) I love the opening of this commercial because it's just so ridiculous. Like, he didn't know. That plane's going to crash into that tank! (laughs) Like, that they weren't going to transform. It's so ridiculous, and Galvatron's like, No, you idiot! So it's it's always interesting when Galvatron is the voice of reason in one of these commercials. So the Duocons featured robots with two vehicle modes and one robot mode that was shared by combining the two vehicles. And they actually were spring-loaded so that when you place the aerial vehicle on top of the ground vehicle that it would pop into robot mode. They had very limited articulation, uh, no elbows, no shoulders. Um, actually, Battletrap might have had... Uh, Shoulders, not shoulders, but elbows. I, I don't remember. Uh, I think he had elbows. Uh, flywheels most certainly did not. And those are the two that were available. Flywheels was a plane uh, and a tank. Battletrap was a helicopter and a jeep. Um, I don't think they were cross-compatible. I don't think you could put the helicopter on the tank. I had both of them as a kid. I still have the ones I have from when I was a kid. Um, and I don't remember ever being able to do that. So I'm pretty sure you can't do that with those. Now, from some of the smaller figures, we get to some of the more bigger and impressive figures, including one I still do not own in my collection. It's one of the few figures in 1987 uh, from the U.S. line that I don't have, and that is the Decepticon Six Changer, Six Shot. Autobot attack! Six Shot, oh, problem! Six Shot's a one-robot army! He's a jet fighter! That's one! The rocket car! That's two! He's a tank! Three! The winged wolf! Four! The laser pistol! Five! And a robot! That's six! Six Shot's my name! There's never been a Transformer like him! The Transformers! I can do four! I got three! I figured out five! Six Shot, the most challenging Transformer of them all! Don't worry, I've been able to update that commercial for the modern audience. Give a listen. That's a one robot army! He's a jet fighter! That's one! The rocket car! That's two! He's a tank! Three! The winged wolf! Four! An upside down submarine! Five! And a robot! That's six! Now, I really can't talk much about the six shot toy, but it is a really impressive figure. Uh, I should hunt one down because it is one of the bigger holes in my collection. I think it is, might be, that and Fortress Maximus might be the only two from 1987 that I don't actually own. And uh, he does have six modes, as you've heard, uh, and he seems to be a lot of fun. So, you know what? 
Tell me in the comments if you have a six shot. Tell me what you like about it or what you don't like about it. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter at TFU underscore info and do the same thing. Now, moving on. We're going to talk about the Target Masters once again. But let's give a listen to that commercial one more time. We do have Target Master Transformers! Target Master Transformers to transform us out of one! The vehicles and bombs and loaded weapons! Target Master Transformers! More, much more than meets the eye! That's right, each one becomes two! <laughs> Target Master Autobots and Decepticons sold separately from Hasbro! The vehicle transforms and so does the gun. God, that commercial is so ridiculous and so much fun. Um, <laughs> I do like myself some Target Masters, especially the original ones. What Target Masters did we have that year? On the Decepticon side, you had Slug Slinger with Caliburst. You had Trigger Happy, double, double consonants in that name with Blowpipe. You had Misfire with Aimless, double consonants on the end. And then you had two retools from the 86 line in Cyclonus with Nightstick and Scourge with Fracus or Fracus. Uh, I believe it's Fracus. Some people do say Fracus. I think I said Fracus for the longest time. Now, those figures were remolded from, from 86, as I mentioned. Their fists... Uh, the holes in their fists enlarged to allow them to carry the target master as well as uh, holes added to their vehicle modes to carry the target master. And actually the retooling on Scourge allowed him not just only to wear fracas in the spot that his uh, head cannon thing went, but it also allowed him to put that thing in his hand and wear fracas on top of his head <laughs> in robot mode if you really wanted to. Now, the Decepticons also got Headmasters, and we'll get into those in a second, but they also got unique Headmasters uh, to only the Decepticon side, and they even had their own commercial, and that was the Headmaster Horrorcons. Deep in the canyons of Nebulon, Galvatron creates Headmaster Horrorcons, fiercest Decepticons of them all. Headmaster Transformers, more, much more than we with Headmaster Horrorcons, the jaws of the beast become the pilot of the plane, and the pilot of the plane becomes the head of the robot. And when the head enters the robot's body, you get a readout of its Decepticon power. Destroy the Autobots! Never! Each sold separately. Now with Horrorcons from Hasbro. The jaws of the beast become the pilot of the robot, and the pilot of the robot becomes the head of the plane, and the plane of the... <laughs> uh, you know, the, the listing here by, by Vic Caroli, uh, just for whatever reason, just amuses me uh, to no end. And so there were two Decepticon Headmaster Horrorcons. You had Apeface, who was a jet and an ape and a robot. And he came with Spasma. And you had Snapdragon, who was a plane and a robot and a, uh, a dragon, although he has since been uh, recast as a kaiju. And he came with Krunk. So that takes us to the Decepticon Headmasters, the large Decepticon Headmasters, as they'll eventually be called, uh, because the smaller ones come out in 1988. But there were three Decepticon Headmasters, and of course, they had their own commercial. There it is, the secret base of the Headmaster Decepticon. 
Autobots. Only with their help can we destroy the Autobots. Look! Yes, the trainer of the beast becomes the head of the robot. Headmaster Transformers. More, much more than we see. The Transformers. And each Headmaster Decepticon displays a readout of its power. Nothing's better than going into battle with these Transformers. Headmaster Decepticon sold separately from Hasbro. A couple of the interesting things I find in these commercials, one, is that the Decepticon headmasters have their own sacred base that Galvatron uh, had to find. And the second thing is that he refers to the heads as the trainers of the beast form. And I don't think that's something that's been uh, terribly explored in that do the Decepticons then become more primal or beast-like or archaic uh, when they take their heads off and they become more like their animal modes. Uh, you know, it might've been explored in some other fiction. There are certainly pieces of fiction that we're going to cover when we talk about 1987 that I am experiencing for the first time. So let's hope we find some of that there. Now the figures released under the Decepticon, uh, banner, if you will, uh, for headmasters, in 1987 skull cruncher, double L's in the middle with, uh, Grax mind wipe, with Vorath and Weird Wolf with Monzo. Now, their names kind of explain what they are. Skull Cruncher turns into an alligator or crocodile. Uh, Mind Wipe turns into a bat. And Weird Wolf turns into a weird wolf. And that will take us to the centerpiece of the Decepticon side of the equation in 1987. The Autobots had Fortress Maximus. The Decepticons had Scorponok. Now, <laughs> talking about a commercial that didn't quite age well uh, with the, uh, the base having twin towers. Also, Vic Caroli calls Zarak, the head of Scorponok, his trainer. So I think that was an angle they must have been trying to play early and then didn't really follow up on. Scorponok comes with Zarak, his head. He also comes with a smaller robot named Fast Track, two T's in the middle, double consonants, and uh, is one of the largest Decepticon toys of all of G1. Now, you know, I was looking at, like, the numbers of, like, are there more Decepticons, are there more, more Autobots, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit in our um, By the Numbers episode, but particularly with the Headmaster portion of this, right? Scorponok is smaller than Fortress Maximus, right? But the Decepticons have one less Target Master and one less Headmaster, but they do have two Horicons, which then plug into those two slots. But then again, the Autobots also have Cerebro, so that gives them one more Headmaster-sized robot. Overall, the Decepticons have more Combiners in 1987, uh, but uh, you know, when I do the By the Numbers episode, I'll try to compare uh, overall totals of uh, Autobots and Decepticons and who got more figures that year. But I really do feel like it was the Autobots, which is usually the case with most Transformers years. And just to touch a bit on the Scorponok toy, it is a fun toy. Uh, it, figures fit into that city mode. Uh, the combiner 
figures, the Scramble City limbs uh, fit very nicely on there, as do the Duocons. And uh, it's one I got when I started collecting again in the late 90s and early 2000s, and I'm so glad I picked it up. Uh, it's big, it is chunky, uh, and it is certainly just uh, a fun Transformers toy. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFU info, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. And that will do it for episode 95. We are five away from 100. I got something special planned for 100. Uh, You may have figured it out by now, but if you haven't, keep listening. Stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to go back to the Marvel U.S. comics, and we're going to talk about issues 32 through 36 sounds like more than we normally cover in a comics episode but it's actually going to be a touch less you want to know why well you have to wait till next episode just to find out so please join me next time on transformers university episode 96 this has been episode 95 i have been anthony brucali owner operator madman behind tfu.info till next time see you